Dear ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Digital Savages Challenging the Status Quo podcast with your host, Amir Sabirovich. In the last episode of Challenging the Status Quo, the challenger was Goran Barbir, and here's a short part of our conversation. Uh, it's not about me. I have my roles, and somebody needs to fill those roles, and somebody needs to do a good job at those roles because people who are at the receiving end need somebody, right? My daughter needs a responsible father who is going to help her, who is going to give her a toolbox to prepare her for future. My students don't need somebody who doesn't care for them. They need somebody who is going to, some responsible adult who is going to show them the way. I need to be a role model in one way. My parents are not going to be happy if they talk with me across 10,000 kilometers and they hang up the phone and say to each other, oh my God, like, who is this guy? Like, did we create this lazy person, monster, whatever, you know, like, it's not about me. My inspiration comes from... That was a short part of the interview with Goran Barbir. However, you would like to hear full story, go one episode back and listen to what Goran has to say about his life and journey, which led him to China. For now, let us focus on our next guest. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Challenging the Status Quo. Today, we have a pleasure of talking to the challenger of status quo within the packaging industry. His name is Yuri Schumacher, and he's the founder of Peter Pot. Welcome, Yuri. Awesome to have you on the show. Thanks. Awesome to be here. Hey, Yuri, um, can you tell us what your background is and how you got where you are right now? Because I mean, you're you're challenging the packaging industry. You're doing your 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 company sustainable. And what was your journey like? Did this just fall from the air? And please don't spare us uh, spare us uh, uh, the the details. So go back in your youth and take us on a journey if you can. Okay, okay, I can. Yeah, because I I didn't come from the packaging industry nor nor the retail or whatever. Um, so I studied uh, at the University of Delft, uh, where I first did a Bachelor's of Architecture. Uh, thereafter, I did a year in between where uh, I did a full-time student board. Uh, but instead of running a student society, we ran a student uh, employment agency. And there we were, uh, I was one of the board members for a year full-time of a, a company with a few million turnover. Uh, with which really sort of lightened the the flame in me when it comes to entrepreneurship. So thereafter, I thought I'm not going to do architecture anymore, and I want to be I want to run a business. So thereafter, uh, I started my first uh, business, my first startup with uh, two others. It was a high tech startup. We were in the high tech incubator Yes Delft at the at the Delft uh, campus. Um, ran that company for uh, for four years, I think, three, four years. Then I started missing my drive. The growth wasn't there uh, anymore. And I'm a millennial. And of course, millennials want to make impact on the world. And we didn't do that. It was, it was a, a commercial viable uh, company, but we didn't make any uh, impact. So then I delib- deliberately started brainstorming for uh, a year to uh, to find something new which w- with within the realm of um, sustainable impact 
Uh, I uh, went back to uh, to university because I never did a master's. So I started doing strategic design masters at the Faculty of Industrial Design. And there I started actually the ideas for Peter Pot. Or actually, uh, it's falling in love with a problem. So the problem that we all want to get rid of packaging, but the effort to realize it is the crux. So we're starting validating how can we create something that makes it easy, convenient, attractive to the groceries without packaging. Um, and that's when we started validating different ideas and uh, Peter Pot evolved. So I actually graduated on uh, the idea of Peter Pot. And thereafter, uh, try to make it a company. Yeah, and, and can you can you elaborate on uh, because we're talking packaging, and you say the the sense of urgency has to be present, right? Mm -hmm. From from the people's perspective, do you think that that is the people are aware that with every pa plastic package we we tear open that we're polluting the earth? Well, yeah, I think because. Um, in the Netherlands uh, in 2015, so five years ago, uh, lots of uh, package-free stores opened, so uh, physical stores, package-free stores. And they got a lot of media attention, uh, successful crowdfunding campaigns, and everybody was shouting, this is what we want, because everybody wants to get rid of the packaging. Uh, however, all these stores went bankrupt within nine months. So although we want to get rid of packaging, the effort we do is, uh, is limited. Uh, I think time is helping. So uh, and with all the documentaries, all the insights about how we're polluting the oceans, also the CO2, because uh, for us, packaging is reducing waste and it's uh, lowering your CO2 footprint when it comes to climate impact. So I think, I mean, there is a trend that everybody becomes more and more aware and wants to contribute a bit. And just like Tesla made uh, electric driving very sexy, Tony Chocoloni made the fair trade chocolate very sexy and the nicest chocolate. Vegetarian Butcher made had the option to choose for your flavor of meat, but then the vegetarian option. Those brands, you know, make the sustainable option also the attractive option and not the one that you have to compensate, pay more, do more effort. And that's what we want to be. So in that role, we want to be the brand that enables to, uh, to do groceries without packaging in a fun way, not more expensive than a normal supermarket and uh, without more effort. And can you explain what Peter Pot is? Yeah. What is the, what is the process and how, how does it work? Yeah. So Peter Pot is an online supermarket and the first online package-free supermarket. So you order your groceries online, just like you would do at Albert Heijn online or Picnic or other stores uh, in Europe. Uh, you choose the groceries you want. And we bought all products in bulk and filled them in our glass jars. So when you get your products delivered, they are all filled in glass jars, which you enjoy in your kitchen, also in an aesthetic way. And uh, during uh, when you order your next order, we come by, we actually take back your empty jars, which we wash and reuse. So you always get filled jars and it's also sealed. It's all uh, with all the certification for the hygiene and, and there, there are stickers on it, which are dissolvable, where, which, which states what's in it. So it's just like any other product, uh, but then in a jar, which we take back. So there's a deposit on the jar. So you pay one and a half euro deposit per jar. And in this way, it's a circular packaging. 
and thus uh, package free. So there are there is no rest from the from the process. No, exactly. So currently we buy in bulk f- directly from producers, and sometimes that's still in a packaging, eh, like a forty kilo bag of rice, which is paper, which saves all the small packages. Uh, but we're actually working with producers now to be able to get it in a container, which also gets back to the producer and gets refilled. So, if, for example, olive oil will now get in uh, in um, yeah, these huge tanks, which also go back to the producer. So there's no packaging at all in the process. Well, that's and, awesome. Um, yeah. And the advantage, because we, we, um, we offer your pantry groceries, so your durable groceries, um, and near food, so which means washing, liquids, uh, shampoos. Uh, we don't have any food waste because we, uh, yeah, it's 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 in this way uh, delivered and delivered to you. So um, besides the packaging waste, we also save uh, food waste. That that's really I'm astonished by the concept itself. And and can you define how your success would look like? What is success to you? Within Peter Pot and or or your personal success. I mean, it's always a personal definition of success, right? Every person has one. But what is your personal and maybe Peter Pot success? Yeah. So the aim for us, uh, our, our vision, our mission for Peter Pot, is to be able to make package-free uh, shopping a standard option for all. And what this means is that uh, I, I want to be able to in five or ten years speak ten people on the street. And everybody says, oh, yeah, package free groceries is an option for me. And nobody can say, no, that, that can't be for me because it's too expensive or because it's too much effort. Now, I hope that maybe half of them ordered once a product of, uh, of the brand Peter Pot. But by that time, we also will be available in existing retail stores. And maybe other brands will be in our jars, which already happens now. So we have Heinz ketchup, Heinz mayonnaise in our jar. But also by that time, maybe a house brand of Albert Heijn has copied us. You know, that's all fine. At least if, if this uh, package-free groceries becomes a standard option for all. And um, Martijn and I are, are sort of the ideal customers we, we envision to reach. As in, I never went to these physical package-free stores. Because that's also too much effort for me. Uh, at least too much effort that I actually do. I do, however, have green energy because it's one click at at the website. I do uh, order from the vegetarian butcher, uh, products from the vegetarian butcher instead of real meat. So if it's it's also the attractive option. So um, that's why in the end we want to become a brand that's available in existing retail stores. So you can go there. That's the most convenient and within your behavior of all. And there you can choose the products from Peter Pot, uh, which always gets back uh, and is package free. So your sustainable process as a product, right? So actually that's, you're resolving, you're lowering the threshold of acceptance and convenience by actually providing. So it's not only making impact with the current customers that you have, but you actually want the same as Tony Chocolona is doing. He's actually making people aware of, hey, your chocolate or the cacao beans had been picked by children, slaves. So that's not really fair. Yeah. Um, so let's abolish that as a, as a humankind. 
Yeah, exactly. So that that uh, that we show the way, and uh, and hopefully, yeah, because we we believe also we can't change the industry in ourselves. So we want to work with these uh, big parties. So that's why we're already talking to Unilever, we're talking to Picnic, to Albert Heijn, and uh, and hey, we want to make sure that we we they work with us. Uh, and yeah, maybe in the end, if we become really successful, one of them will also copy us. But then, uh, I mean, then we made real impact. That's a, a, a beautiful goal to achieve. I mean, the desire. Um, it, it, this is going quite well, I, I assume, and from your story. Um, is there something, uh, I would say, what is your biggest learning moment in your life? Is there a challenge or a failure, if you may, that you had that was for you like uh, that, that you had your, your light bulb or aha moment in your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, the the life of uh, of a startup is is a continuous failing and learning, um, and we we also believe in this way of doing. So we only exist for a year, and we started uh, just in a very lean way. We started buying jars at the IKEA and a few bulk products and uh, and offering it in Rotterdam. And uh, Martijn and I, Martijn, my companion and I, sat on the cargo bike ourselves for nine months delivering the groceries to the first customers learning from them um so um yeah there were a couple of big learnings and uh, the biggest always is that hey, you always need to continuously validate assumptions um and there's always a difference between what people say they want and what they actually want and a difference between what they say they will do and what they actually do and um well, we had a hard time when we when we launched in Rotterdam, and after nine months sitting on, on the cargo bikes ourselves, we couldn't get the business case around in Rotterdam only. So, although everybody was saying this is fantastic, we want this, the amount of people that actually ordered uh, was too small to make it a sustainable, uh, economically viable business. So then, th- th- there was a point that we all that we almost stopped. I mean, we put all our savings in, and they, those were gone, and we were still uh, cash flow negative. So then, uh, we tried to say, okay, we need to reach a bigger market. And by that time, we got a lot of media attention. So there was a national waiting list uh, that was growing of uh, thousands of consumers. Let's see if we can choose instead of delivering by cargo bike work with a distribution party like PostNL food which we deliver now with that delivers in the whole netherlands not only the cities also the outside then our market can be way bigger so we started a crowdfunding campaign to validate that uh, which was a very successful one so within a few weeks we raised uh, 300,000 euros with which we uh, could expand nationally and then we notice okay nationally there's a waiting list now of 23,000 people and we deliver now to 2,000 and um, now we can uh, we can be a uh, a real business with uh, with a delivery way that's not the most sustainable because uh, we deliver now with PostNL which all, also still delivers with with vans we did calculations however that still if you live in the middle of nowhere get delivered by a PostNL van, uh, your CO2 footprint is still lower when you order at Peter Pot than you would go to the normal supermarkets. Uh, so that's, of course, still important. But uh, yeah, th- th- there was a moment that we almost quit and, uh, and now it seems to grow again. So in this way, you, you always have to sort of, I mean, the impact is the goal, 
but the means to uh, to reach this impact can be a commercial yeah, commercial thinking and also thinking of growth thinking of scaling so with Postnl we can now reach a bigger market make bigger impact and and and, and the proposition itself we can still develop to make it more sustainable when it comes to delivery Hopefully, in a few years, we'll deliver only with cargo bikes. But then we need, just like Picnic, we need uh, hundreds of millions. Yeah, and and this, this, that that raises another question. So you did this by yourself. So I think that's quite charming when a founder of a company delivers something that he really believes in. Then you know you're putting putting your money where your mouth is. I would say, uh, how important is customer intimacy in this? Because you had the experience on facing the customers nine months yeah. delivering with a cargo bike. Yeah. Well, that's actually in the beginning why we thought we always want to have delivery in-house. We want to deliver ourselves, just like Picnic does with their own uh, small cars. And that, that's actually why we sat with this issue. Because if we couldn't get it uh, viable economically in one city, how is anybody going to invest in our, in, our, in our idea for another city? In hindsight, Amsterdam or Utrecht would be viable. They're, they're, the customer base is way bigger there. Uh, you can look always at the cities where GroenLinks, the political party, is also big. Uh, and Rotterdam wasn't just was was the was not the best city to start. That's also a lesson in hindsight. We started here because we live here, and we actually started in this room. So my uh, this room in my house was the first warehouse where we uh, stacked everything. So. Um, um, yeah, the customer intimacy in the beginning was very, yeah, was very, very close. So we try to keep that in other ways now. So we have Pottepost, so instead of Flessepost, uh, well, what's that in English, Flessepost, uh, that you put notes. Bottle, uh, bottle, bottle post. Yeah, mess, messages in the bottle. Yeah. We have uh, messages in our jars. So we have these small cards where, where we ask consumers to get feedback. We... Uh, we always send uh, send uh, extra products, uh, give them compliments. Uh, we do a lot of uh, interaction on social media. Uh, I do vlogs to try to keep it close and also go to cities once in a while to um, hand out, for example, uh, potje ice, so uh, jars with ice cream in the summer, um, to keep them close and they always can reach out. And it must feel like Peter Pot is very approachable. Uh, although we don't deliver ourselves at the door. Yeah, well, that's physically impossible, especially if you're going to serve 23,000 cu- 23, customers on a daily basis. I mean, <laughs> that would be kind of tiring if you yeah. do that, if you do the tour Netherlands on the bike, right? No, not do, but I mean, uh, also that, that uh, now they're Postanel delivery people, which we now also are in close contact with, and we also go to the Postanel uh, distribution centers to explain Peter Pot to the delivery guys. So they also are a representative of Peter Pot. But they add, I mean, the difference is with Picnic, the, the delivery people are from Picnic. So that that's just a bit uh, small difference. Yeah, so, so actually your ambition for the future or your de- grand desire is actually to also have that. Like, that would be the grand desire, but, but, but I'm, I'm realistic that that wouldn't be uh, maybe the end uh, result. Okay. And and where do you get your inspiration from? Um, I think from from other entrepreneurs and other uh, other uh, brands. 
So I have the, I'm real honored uh, that I can once in a while uh, speak with Jaap Korteweg, uh, the, the founder of Vegetarian Butcher, uh, which, which really has the same, um, yeah, sort of vision on making impact. So making impact by reaching a large amount of consumers, making them uh, having a bit better choices, a bit sustainable choices. So we also don't try to aim for the niche and make it perfect for them. No, we want to reach everyone and have everybody a bit more sustainable choices. And that can be realized with a party like Unilever. So with Unilever, the impact of vegetarian butcher is way bigger because there is a, a huge market they now can scale up to. So, so that's, a, that's a big inspiration. Uh, Michiel Muller, the CEO of Picnic, is a big inspiration for me. I mean, he started uh, multiple companies. He was the, uh, the founder of uh, Tango, the first um, human-free uh, gas stations, and also the founder of um, the, one of the competitors of ANBB, Woodmobile. Uh, and now uh, he's, in, he's uh, one of the co-founders of Picnic. I mean, he always knows how to disrupt industries and, uh, and, and is a PR uh, legend, I would say. So I also have the honor to WhatsApp with him once in a while now. So um, yeah, people like those are really my uh, my inspiration. So that that brings me to two, two questions, but I'll I'll take them orderly. If I would give you an op- uh, opportunity to dine with three people, mm-hmm. alive or dead, who would those three people be? Alive or dead? <laughs> if you <laughs> you, I mean, if you say that, of course, I think of Steve Jobs because he's not here around anymore. But um, um, yeah, so I think it would be Jaap Kortweg, Michiel Miller, and uh, and I think Richard Branson, uh, uh, because he also, I mean, I, I'm I'm like Martijn is really from the operations, the finance. I'm really the the front guy, so the branding, marketing, PR, and the CEO tasks. And I I get my inspiration from these uh, these entrepreneurs that are able to set down a brand. That every that every consumer wants to be related to, and thus creates this uh, this movement. And Richard Branson, of course, created this brand Virgin that is now um, sort of realized in many many different sectors or many different uh, yeah companies. So he's also uh, yeah. So I I mean then we could have a dinner at his uh, his island. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's still achievable. I mean, a part of Steve Jobs. I mean, the other two are are quite at your reach. No, uh, I think that's uh, it's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes as entrepreneur, you are you are ambitions and the visionary. But I, I, I hope, I believe, I that I can once sit with Richard Branson. I, I even started kite surfing, so I have more chance because he always kite surfs at this island with other entrepreneurs. So I had to, I had to learn kite surfing. So you just have to reach out and say, hey, when are you going to invite me? <laughs> hey, uh, is there anything you wish you know at the start of your career? When before, So if I would give you a DeLorean or, or uh, the, the shoes from Dorothy to clap them and to go somewhere we want to be, and you go to the start of your career, is there something that you would advise yourself? Like, you know, you're go- doing great, but please keep this in mind. Okay, I mean, I, I learned a lot in in uh, in the fa- in the past uh, ten years, and I also made a lot of mistakes. But from those mistakes, I learned, and um, 
yeah, maybe if I would would have known it in hindsight, in hindsight, or maybe realize uh, the lessons earlier. So, for example, um, my former startup Shakeon, I learned a lot, um, but I also I, I didn't always know what I was doing. I mean, uh, you're you're what, what what was I? Twenty three. 24 started my first company i mean i didn't really know how to run a company so uh, what i've learned now in hindsight i know better how to build a team how i I can get more coaching and and also maybe even earlier um but i don't know i'm i'm not i'm not really unsatisfied i mean um no, so the, the the mistakes the mistakes or failures where we bump our heads uh, against actually are the best education we can receive without those we can grow yeah exactly and of course uh, i mean yeah sometimes also money is uh, money is wasted but at least if if i still uh, have enough to uh, to live in the house then it's all fine That's nice and in in is there a so what would you like to leave to the world what is your legacy, if I may, if if there is one? Mm. It's a, it's an honor even to uh, to think about it. But I think that that um, that things are always possible, so to say, or uh, not, not always because uh, I I do believe there we uh, we we live in a, I, I mean I live in a bit more luxury uh, favorable circumstances. In, I mean in Western Europe. In, in the Netherlands where socially everything is arranged quite well but I mean when it comes to um, yeah within this circumstance when it comes to ideas realizing ideas um, I really believe in just make it happen and and I also want to you know I always tell this also in my lectures I deliberately brainstormed for one year to find a problem uh, a gap uh, when it comes to a sustainable way of living that people want to but don't do yet. Uh, and now this is becoming a company. So all those who say, yeah, I have ideas, but uh, uh, once once I will start, or people that say, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't have an idea yet, you can. I mean, you just have to deliberately uh, do it. and uh, Search the raw need. Yeah. And, and, then, and then just do it. So uh, I also had a friend that has had an idea for many years, but never started it. And now last summer I was able to to push him to to just build a build a first website, just throw it out to people and see um, how it evolves. And and he did. And now and now he's making something because every every confirmation of your idea gives you energy. And then the media caught up on him, and then then it becomes something. So I. I I mean, if, if people would think of me, I hope they would think like, yeah, Yuri was something that showed that we just have to make it happen and that we can. I mean, we just have to do it. That's that's a nice ambition and totally unselfish. <laughs> yeah, right. You, that's actually, if they can see it, the inspiration that you took a problem, hats on, and you make it happen, mm. that's, yeah. and, and it's for themselves. Hey, uh, what are you curious about right now? Curious. Um, I'm really curious to the coming years how we will evolve. 
uh, as I just told you before this interview, we're uh, raising capital. We're doing a huge investment round to scale up. And um, I mean, we are st also still evolving. Our proposition isn't finished, I would say. So we're still developing our final proposition. So we're now in the early adopter phase when it comes to that. And early adopters are okay with flaws in the service. We notice now that the glass jars are quite heavy. Uh, they take a lot of space. So we're now developing our own jar, which will be lighter, also more sustainable, uh, take less space, are square. You can have a magnet strip on your kitchen, click them. And that has to be realized in the coming uh, few months. Um, we also are expanding our assortment because we have limited assortment. Those things have to make it um, convenient enough to reach a, a bigger step, a bigger amount of consumers, so the, the early majority, so to say. And we, uh, I mean, it's still sort of validation the coming year, I feel. So uh, the coming year is going to be exciting if, if this business case really comes around and if we stay uh, a, strong, uh, a strong brand for the longer term. I certainly believe it will be all fine. I mean... Well, we, we we always have to look at the data and uh, and and we and uh, keep consumer insights, keep uh, finding out what. Um, I mean, we have we do have churn, of course. We do have a certain percentage of retention, which isn't hundred percent. So um, we have to keep improving. And, um, yeah, well, that's it's going to be exciting times. Hey, um, is there something I should have asked you but I didn't? No, I was just, th just thinking more thinking about the last question. So uh, somebody also asked me in another podcast, uh, like, uh, is it, um, or, or he mentioned that we are successful. So I think two things there. Uh, for me personally, this journey is successful. I mean, I can't be more happy with what I'm doing every day and learning every day and, and just trying to make it happen. So for me, this journey is very successful. And if we, with Peter Pot, are successful, is I think in uh, only in, in in three years or five years, if we are a established brand, we can um, are a business on our own feet without external investments needed. We will keep needing it for expansion, for growth. But uh, if we are at least um, profitable, then I think Peter Pot is a success. Uh, when it comes to PR or awareness, we are we having some successes now because we're reaching so much attention. But as a business, as a brand, as an impact, I think we can only evaluate in in uh, three to five years. So I'll call you in three to five to to recuperate sure. what we talked about. For sure, uh, Peter. It was it was off. Um, I I called you Peter because yeah, well, uh, I, was the, 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 I even. Sorry. In the, when I was walking on the street in other cities, hey Peter, Peter, are you Peter? <laughs> so, uh, where does the where, where does the name come from? So there's uh, this uh, uh, child animation series Peter Pot. In English, it was Postman Pet. Peter Pot, Peter Pot. So uh, that's the delivery guy that uh, that delivers post, and we deliver in pots. So we said Peter Pot, and it's 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 showing a personification. We can now say yeah, Peter Pot comes by. And also it shows, just like Tony Chocoloni, we're a very playful brand. And we're not activistic, not niche, we're for everyone. And that shows in this branding and brand name. 
it's awesome. I see the I see the visualization of that, and I used to watch that cartoon when I was a child. So I can <laughs> I know the the sound also the music. Uh, uh, Yuri, it was awesome talking to you. I have just one final question uh, for you, um, and it is our audience always wants to know when you summarize everything that we've just talked about. What would be your key takeaway for them? That that when you have ideas. Uh, just make them happen, just do it. And, and every step is about validating. So start pitching your ideas to your potential customers, validate what's, what should be adopted to make it happen from what they want to what they actually do. Um, and and, and yeah, just make it happen in that way. And take time for it. Take time, yeah, yeah. And that, that's indeed, you have to um, really... Yeah, sit down for it. And and everybody who says, I don't have time, I say you don't have priority. So in, in Dutch, you can say, geen tijd is geen prioriteit. I mean, I, I don't watch uh, that many Netflix series at this moment because I'm I'm making time for this, this adventure. You're making your own story and watching it live. Exactly. That's awesome. Yuri, it was really a pleasure and I wish you all success uh, uh, both personally and um, with Peter Pot. Thank you. And um, let's, uh, let's see what uh, next year brings. I'm looking forward to see all the changes that you mentioned. Thank you, Amir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, dear ladies and gentlemen. This was Yuri Schumacher, the CEO and founder of Peter Pot. Join me next week for a conversation with Xavier Lopez Sanchez and how his journey led him from Spain to Germany to Dubai and back. And here is a short part of our conversation. It's not professional. So if, if I start talking in German and it's not proper, I feel that it's not professional, meaning that I'm not delivering the proper quality to to their client or to, or to whatever person. It's not a misrespect to the person. It's not that I don't I don't want to talk German to the person. It's just that I see more as a respect because I think I'm not giving my best. Are you interested in the rest of Xavier's story? Join us next week and hear everything he has to say about moving, traveling to a different country, and of course, learning different languages. For now, this was Challenging the Status Quo Podcast Season 2 with your host, Amir Sabirovic. Stay safe and healthy, and until next time, see ya!